This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 165. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show where we focus on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. We talk about space opera, epic fantasy, urban fantasy, military sci-fi, swords and sorcery, you name it. We bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world here on the show to you each and every week. I'll start off this week's show like I always do and uh, tell you that I'm super happy to announce that the Paramedic Sorceress is at the editors this week, and that means she's working on it and will be getting it back to me soon. We're on track to hopefully get it out to you by the beginning to middle of May 2021. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited about that. There's still plenty of time for you to get caught up on the series before the ninth book comes out. So check out the entire series and dig into some fun fantasy reads with that for sure. Of course, you can always check out more of everything I'm up to, including sneak peeks of upcoming covers, special giveaways, and a whole lot more. Just visit the reader group over on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. Uh, join the group over there. Have a lot of fun. We do giveaways every month. It's, it's just special, special fun over there. Everybody has a great time chatting about all our favorite fantasy books, movies, and TV shows. Also, you can check out my website at jamiedavisbooks.com if you want, and um, there's lots of information available for you over there, too. Okay, on this week's show, we've got author Wayne Termell joining us. Wayne is a former stand-up comic, car salesman, and entrepreneur who now works as a daytime and in the daytime as a trainer and consultant and writes fiction to save what's left of his sanity. He's originally from Canada, but now lives in Las Vegas, where he writes nonfiction business books and also the brand new Johnny Lichen novel. And uh, that's exciting. He's going to be bringing that out as his first foray into urban fantasy as a genre. Wayne's other novels that he's created are all historical fiction novels. Um, but we want to check out in our interview with Wayne. We talk about his Johnny Lichen series and about how much fun it is to write books in general. So let's check it out. I had a great time chatting with Wayne. I think you will enjoy this episode, too. Wayne Termel, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be had, man. Thank you. Oh, well, it's 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 fun to have you here. And, um, you know, you and I got a chance to meet when you uh, had me as an interview on your blog, which was I, I appreciated greatly. Um, but I got a chance to see your book there, and I thought that it would be a good fit for my uh, readers and the audience out there. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'll take all the love for it I can get. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we all need the love for our books, that's for sure. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why don't you fill in the uh, readers out there about who you are? All right. Well, I am darn near 60 years old. I was born in Canada, uh, have been stateside for about 30 years. I started as a stand-up comic for about the first 18 years out of school and then joined the real world and wrote boring but necessary nonfiction businessy type books and wrote my first novel six years ago now and my new one 
Johnny Lichen and the Anubis Disc uh, is out now. And it's, you know, I write fiction to keep what's left of my sanity. That's that's a good thing to do. I, I kind of exercise my demons too, though, so I get it completely. Um, I just started reading Johnny Lycan and, and the Anubis Disc, and um, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I got hooked right away. Uh, and uh, was the character Johnny from any particular place in your psyche, or just uh, something? Oh, I'm sure with? he is. <laughs> uh, I, I've been fascinated with werewolves since I was about thirteen. I remember specifically, I was uh, babysitting a cousin and they used to have this terrible, you know, all, all the local TV hosts that do scary movies, right? The one out of Seattle was the Cairo Count. And, you know, he did his version of Monster Chiller Theater. And I saw Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed. And... I guess because I was 13 and I had this horrible, obnoxious rage monster trapped inside me trying to get out. I think I over-identified. <laughs> so werewolves have always been my favorite monster and nothing I have written up until now qualified as urban fantasy. But I got this, this thing about, you know, kind of a Spencer for hire blue collar detective who happened to be a werewolf and there's lots of influences and lots of things and it's a little bit dresden but there will be no fay whatsoever in it um so it, it, he's been kicking around for a while man and you know what's funny is i write these business books that are super serious and grown up and then everything i've written up until now has been historical fiction so the chance to just cut loose and write a good flatulence joke it is so liberating <laughs> it really is well and you got to drop the vandalay industries reference in there early on i noticed so i appreciated that as an old seinfeld fan i, I was like yeah okay got a little costanza rolling in there too you know periodically uh, you just write a joke for yourself and uh that one's a little bit meta because when Johnny and his his buddy were setting up his company, the original plan was to call it Vandalay Industries specifically because of that, of the Seinfeld reference. And so it's a reference on a reference on a reference, which I, you know, you can't do when you're writing about orphans trapped in the Crusades. No, you can't. You can't at all um, because, well, I mean, you know, you're doing historical fiction. You've got to really stay true to the history. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what the readers expect in, in that genre. Right. But with, with urban fantasy and you, you, you've hit all the tropes that I've been able to pick up on so far. I mean, it's just, um, you, you've done a good job for somebody who's never written urban fantasy before. You certainly nailed it. Well, you know, it's funny because even though I haven't written, I wrote a couple of short stories, but basically I've never written in that. I read it extensively. I'm kind of, uh, the word that I like to use is bibliographically promiscuous, which is a nice way of saying I'm a book slut and I will read anything. Uh, and so I read a metric button of urban fantasy and epic fantasy and 
you know, all kinds of things. And so to be able to kind of do my little tribute to it, I understand the tropes. Hopefully, you know, I'm tweaking them enough and making them interesting that it's not by the numbers, but it's like anything else when you're writing and you know this, you got to play your scales before you play jazz. So you got to understand the tropes so that you can mess with them a bit. Kudos on the uh, jazz music reference too. That That's a, uh, that's got to love that too. Um, yeah, and and I like you know how how Johnny like portrays his his like inside, right? You know his his werewolf side. He calls it Shaggy, you know, and and it's, it's like a dual persona he has living within himself. Well, the thing that I I tried to do with this book, and and you know I I made a snarky Dresden reference earlier, but the thing is, if you think about books like Dresden and Shane Silver's books, and and a lot of those things there's this crazy world out and everybody knows it's a crazy world and everybody's okay with it. What I tried to do with Johnny is he's this nice blue collar guy who thinks he's it. He thinks he's the weirdest thing in the world. And so he's very ashamed by this, you know, as a kid, what must it be like growing up being a werewolf? Right. And so he was diagnosed as ADD and kept on Ritalin and, you know, just those kinds of things. So what I'm trying to do with the book, because the second one is in process, is he thinks he's alone in the world. In the first book, he's found out that there are things that he didn't really expect. And that world is just going to keep expanding. And I think that's what's kind of cool about it and and what makes Johnny an interesting character. Now, what's funny is the bad reviews I've gotten are from people who like their werewolves alpha. Right? Werewolves are supposed to be apex predators and, you know, merciless and incredibly sexy and, you know, Johnny doesn't know where his next date's coming from. Well, and so that that's the paranormal romance crowd out there, you know, they want their shifter, you know, their bare-chested shifters to like, you know, run around with the, the heroine and stuff, but this is a different flavor of urban fantasy. It's not paranormal romance and, and they need to get over that. Honestly. Um, I, you know, I, I get that. I get that their complaint is, you know, what it is, but they should have, they should have realized that it wasn't what they were expecting. You yeah, know, but you know front. what? It's okay that something isn't for everybody. No, it absolutely is. And I, right? think I, I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm an yeah. old man. I have had enough stuff reviewed and starting with myself doing stand-up, right? When people say this person is not worth watching, that does things to your soul. So, <laughs> you, you know, I, I've gotten really calloused about this. And I know myself, I've picked up books and go, nope, not my thing. And that's cool. Well, you know, we can't, we can't keep everybody happy. You know, I, I try to satisfy the readers that like my stuff and, and, you know, the readers that don't, that feel the need to, to put in a negative review because they picked up something that wasn't for them. I, you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt and, and move on on it. Um, but, uh, I can certainly see where that, that kind of stuff comes from. Um, it, it's neat to hear though, that Johnny's going to run into more, you know, of the, the supernatural world as he, you know, how, how, how strange it must be to think you were the only werewolf around. Uh, <laughs> well, he knows he's not the only werewolf. He's kind of done his lichen research, but he doesn't believe in tarot cards and he doesn't believe in ghosts and, and these types of things. And so as he's working for this new boss who's sending him out to reclaim these relics, 
he's in for a little bit of a shock, I think. But not unlike, you know, the hero in your new series, who's, you know, just a paramedic trying to do his thing. <laughs> you know, how much saline do you, how much saline do you give a vampire is a is a question they don't teach you in EMT school. They absolutely don't teach you that, and um, that's that's the fun of it. I mean, and I, I and I think that that's the the way we that's the way you take the tropes and make them fresh. You do something different right. with it, and and you know you know Johnny not being the alpha, but still being plenty strong and powerful in his own way when he when he admits it to himself. Right? Um, you know, having ha- I mean I've I've got you know, vampires who are frumpy, middle-aged, slightly overweight vampires in my stories because, you know, they just, that's when they were turned and they got stuck as that. (laughs) Not everybody gets turned in the height of their. (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's actually my fear of death. I have to tell you, my my fear of death is that my last words are going to be really. (laughs) Right, that I'm going to die in some horribly embarrassing way, and that's what the photos are going to show, and that's what the world is going to remember about my demise. Right, and, and and so yeah, I mean, if you get turned when you're, you know, and you, your prostate doesn't work, and you're whatever, I mean, that's not how I want to spend eternity. Yeah, I mean, you know, middle-aged vampire who turns into a bat that can't quite fly straight, and you know, it's got all the other issues that uh, that people have in 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 their forties and fifties. It's a challenge. Um, you know, it's fun though. You get so you got book two coming out soon. Is that something you're working on? Well, I'm working on it. Uh, the, between the pandemic and the day job, the world is. Uh is uh, messing with me a little bit, but I am working on it. Uh, very excited about that. And uh, yeah, I, I I dig Johnny. I think there's a real series here. As a matter of fact, the way that I titled the book kind of sets it up. Um, the fact that it's Johnny like and, and the Anubis disc took me back to all these pulp novels I used to read when I was a kid, where it was like the executioner. So it would be you know, the executioner, Philadelphia Fury. And, you know, they would have the t- kind of the, the main title of the book. And then each each episode would have its own title. And that's what I kind of envisioned for this. I like that format. I and that's kind of how I've written the Extreme Medical Services books right. is, is really it's it's a it's episodic, which is why I think a lot of people say this, you know, this would make great TV because it is just him going through his his you know daily life and having a series of events that he has right. to figure out the solution to um but it is very much like that those pulp fiction novels and and yeah. which is which is joyful i mean those books were great reads just you know completely guilt free to just sit down and, and just immerse yourself in those stories yeah I, I, and I have this discussion with people who are shocked to find that I read this because I have this kind of for people who think they know me, I, I have this fairly serious grown up and kind of edge and I'm way older than most people in my writer's group. And so, you know, they're shocked to find that I read some of the absolute drivel that I read. And I, I try to explain to them that I break my reading up into art and jelly beans. And yes, you know, I will read a really important literary fiction and I'll put on my big boy pants and I'll read Mark Halperin's latest giant novel. 
And sometimes you just want a handful of jelly beans. But that's, you know, that, that, I don't know. I mean, cause I write those kind of books. I think that there's, there's, for me, they've always been the place where I escape, you know, when, right. you know, that's, there's a reason, there's a reason Ian Fleming's James Bond stories caught on the way they did. They were quick reads full of action and you just got immersed into this, this world of spies and everything else. And it, it, it just took you away for a while. Well, and that's what I was trying to do with Johnny is there's an exciting story. There's some cool paranormal stuff going on and it's funny. You know, in the opening, and and you've gotten as far as you have, I know you've seen this, there's this moment where, you know, he's a werewolf and he's trying to open a door handle. Well, imagine what that's going to be like. You know, I don't care who you are. That's funny. Oh yeah, it was it was funny. I mean, and and um and Bill's grandmother, right? I mean, she's a hoot. He is a trip. <laughs> I, I mean, you've you've really done you've really done a good job of bringing the world to life and making it amusing and and kind of tongue in cheek in in the right way. Well, and, and I hope that the story still has you know what it's supposed to have. You know, it's got the thrills and it's a little bit scary and um. Lord forbid I even wrote my first sex scene, which was way more than I ever thought I would do. Uh, you know, so I, I hopefully I, I got a really kind review today from Indie Muse, who gave it a very, very good review. And it, his whole thing was it's kind of a weird book because it's got all these disparate pieces. And what makes it work is they all kind of fit together. Um, it's not like the humor is so jarring that it sets off the other, which as a writer is, you know, you want to make sure you get the mood right. You want to make sure you get the blend right. So It's working for me so far, and I, I see no reason why it wouldn't continue to do that. Um, you know, and I think that one of the things I liked most about it in the very beginning, um, so I'm not giving anything away. This is like scene one stuff, but, you know, that. <laughs> He's not, he's not like this impervious, super, you know, invincible creature, you know, like a, you know, a a fight savvy Russian mobster manages to cut him pretty good with a knife, you know, I mean, then, you know, so he's not that all powerful alpha who can defeat everything and, you know, isn't, isn't ever really in danger. Well, that's why... uh you know, if I was looking for a lot of people were very kind and they, you know, and especially in the early days when you're getting reviewed by people who know you, they try to be overly kind. And somebody said, you know, if Raymond Chandler wrote detectives, well, that's high praise, but it ain't true. Um, which is why I'm looking more to somebody like Spencer, who's kind of blue collar and occasionally gets his nose busted. And, you know, that to me is more interesting because the thing about Johnny is he's 30. He's decided he's going to be a grown up. It's time to grow up. He knows that, but he's had this very fractured life and he's trying to put it together at the same time as he's kind of encountering all this weirdness. And I tried to make it, you know, I have a daughter who's 28. And so the people in her circle are in that, oh my God, it's time to adult time of their life and so they're not going to get it right the first time out 
So, you know, you've got this idea for the series. You're working on book two right now. Um, is yep. there is there any idea of, of how much you see Johnny continuing? Is it just going to be write him until you run out of ideas? I, I don't know. I have planted the seeds in the second book that everybody who reads that will go, aha, I know how this ends. What I haven't decided is what is the gap? <laughs> like how many adventures can he have? I kind of have two slash three stories in my head. And by that, I mean, I've identified the big bad because, you know, these types of books are only as good as the enemy that they're up against. And so as long as I have a good big bad, I, I can keep writing the books. That's the trick. I mean, and especially in urban fantasy, you've got to have a, a believable nemesis for your character in some way, shape or form. And, and because it's in a modern world, you've got to make something that would somehow fit in the modern, in, in the modern world. Even if, even if they're supernatural, they have to have some connection to current things. So, yeah. Exactly. And and so, yeah, I'm excited. There's some possibilities. What's fun for me, having moved from Chicago two and a half years ago to Las Vegas, is in the new book, Johnny has to come to Las Vegas. And so not only is he kind of this naive werewolf guy, but he's a Chicago guy. And Chicago people, when they're not here on vacation, have this very natural, nothing is like it is in Chicago, therefore it sucks. And so watching Johnny encounter life in Las Vegas is uh, kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I live just outside of Baltimore and Baltimore is very much a blue collar, you know, blue collar yeah. working, working guy town. And um, yeah, it's, it's, there's, you can't get much farther away than Vegas um, from what Baltimore is like on an average day. Uh, maybe, maybe LA is a little farther out there, but that's about it. Um, you know, it's, it's, Vegas is quite a shift. I'm looking forward to seeing Johnny in Vegas. That should be fun. Well, it's a trip because I get to vent about the things. I love it here. I don't regret moving here for a moment. But there are things like the people here cannot drive. And they have no excuse. The roads are brand new and the cars work and there's no weather. So there's no excuse for the fact they can't drive, except that it being Las Vegas, I figured this out. People drive like they live, which is with an extremely high risk tolerance, <laughs> right? This city was not built because people make good judgments. Well, or you wouldn't have put it in the middle of a desert where you have no water supply and everything else that goes along with it, right? Exactly. And and let's face it, it wasn't built on wise financial investments by the people who visit. So, you know, people here drive like they're on a hot streak and they ain't, which explains why every second billboard for Las Vegas is for an injury lawyer. Ain't that the truth? I mean, I, I used to, I used to travel quite a bit when I had my, um, my, uh, media business and I'd be in Vegas probably four times a year for conferences. And I, I noticed that it, like, there are so many personal injury lawyer billboards out there. It's, it makes, and, and I, you know, you just put it to thought because I, I don't, I'm never there long enough to really get a handle on how good the drivers are, but I always had this underlying question at the back of my mind. I never even really internalized until now. It's like, why are there so many accidents? Well, because people drive with a high risk tolerance 
and it, God forbid something happens, life is a casino and they're gonna get they're gonna get paid. And if you understand those two things, you understand everything about what it is to live in Las Vegas. I have so many people I know that live out there now and, and author wise, and it's just so much fun when I visit out there and get the chance to see them, you know, they, 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 they've, they've definitely, uh, you know, kind of adopted the town, uh, uh, you know, definitely. And I'm, how are you on that route? You either love it or you hate it. And I love it. I, I am by nature, a transient human and a black sheep. And you know, I have a sister who lives and works in the same job she got out of high school in the small town in Canada, and she's cool with that. And, you know, I change corners of the continent every 15 years. Uh, so <laughs> now you're coming out here for. I'll be out uh, there for 20 books in November. In November. Right? Yep, definitely. So, yeah, we will have to uh, continue this conversation. Absolutely. Well, I was going to ask you that off the air, but, yeah, we, well, hopefully you'll be there, too, so we can get a chance to run into each other and, and catch up. Um, before we wrap up the show, though, um, do you have any uh, way you'd like to have readers reach out to you? Where's a good place to catch up with you online? Absolutely. Uh, obviously, you know, I've got a website, waynetermel.com, uh, where I do things like interview cool authors that I come across. Uh, Jamie happens to be the author du jour, but there's always somebody new up. Uh, Twitter at W Termel at W T U R M E L. I'm always happy to interact with folks there. Um, that's really the easiest way, you know, Goodreads, the usual suspects, uh, for folks, do not be shy. I mean, if you like Johnny, if you hate him, I love hearing from people. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Wayne, I'll, I will make sure folks have links to all those places in the show notes for this episode. And uh, hopefully people will take a look and check out Johnny Lichen and the Anubis disc. Um, and, uh, and maybe we'll get you back on the show in the future when the next uh, installment comes out. Digging it. That'd be great. Thanks, man. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Make sure you catch up with us for a whole lot more from the fantasy and sci-fi focus community, both on Facebook and over at fantasy-focus.com. While you're over there, leave a comment on this episode or fill out the contact form and let me know what's on your mind. Also, on the website, don't forget to subscribe to the show. There are links right there at the top of the page for the podcast episodes. And uh, you don't want to miss any of them because we've got some great stuff coming up for you, including our very next episode with author Jacob Hess. That's it, though, for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook in my reader group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, or over at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com. If you head to the website, you can get a free book if you sign up for the newsletter while you're over there. Whatever you do, though, subscribe here. Come back to the next episode of the podcast. And while you're waiting... Make sure you keep your eyes open out there, folks, because there's magic all around you.